I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. One of my friends from seminary likes to tell the story of how he fell asleep during the Eucharist at his diocesan convention while he was still a seminarian. Now, diocesan convention is where the bishop, all of the clergy, and a number of lay leaders throughout a diocese gather once a year to vote on church canon, review policy, and things like that. It's the biggest gathering within a diocese, and a lot of important church people are present. Now, the way my friend describes it, he was tired from having had to travel from our seminary in Virginia all the way to his diocesan convention in South Carolina, and sure enough, during the largest worship service in his diocese, he nodded off and fell asleep. Now, I know none of you would do that here at St. Cross, especially during one of our sermons. But during this convention service, while my friend was dead asleep, something jostled him. And he woke up abruptly, and out of nowhere, he loudly yelled, Amen! <laughs> well, it turns out that this was during one of the silent, more reflective moments of the church service. And everyone at the service, including the bishop, turned around to look at who was causing all the commotion. And not to worry, my friend eventually did go on to get ordained, so that worked out. And he gets a kick out of telling that story. And I like to think that it was the Holy Spirit moving through him on that day. Today is Pentecost the day we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit, empowering the disciples to speak in ways they never would have imagined and to carry on with the work that Jesus had started. And compared to the fire and wind and speaking in tongues that we often associate with the day of Pentecost, and we'll get to all that stuff, don't you worry, the portrayal of the Holy Spirit in John's Gospel is a bit more subtle a bit more intimate. Jesus doesn't mention anything about the Spirit until about three-quarters of the way through this particular story. And this story occurs right in the heart of the farewell discourse, that section of John's Gospel where Jesus says goodbye to his disciples and he prepares them for all that is going to ensue after his death. There's a certain tenderness to the context of this section of John's Gospel, and we see it in how Jesus tells his disciples that the Spirit already abides in them, and how he assures them not to be troubled in his absence. And even if we don't get the fire and the wind, what I like about this lesson is that when Jesus finally does mention God's Spirit, he is not vague. The advocate the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Jesus, in a clear way, describes the purpose of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit teaches and reminds the community of disciples about the ways of Jesus 
And for, for the author of John, there is a clear connection between the work of Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit will make Jesus' presence known even when Jesus is physically absent from the community, working to remind the disciples of the way of life to which he has called them. Writing about the Holy Spirit, the great New Testament scholar Raymond Brown explains that Jesus sends the Spirit to become something that penetrates our very being. I've always loved that. Something that penetrates our very being. Something that taps into the deeper reality and makes us aware of the loving kindness that is at the very center of creation. Have you ever encountered something that penetrates your very being? Maybe a beautiful piece of music or art. Maybe being in community like we have here at St. Cross. Being out in nature, catching a few waves, seeing a loved one succeed. Maybe the birth of a new baby. The intent of being opened to God's presence. And the intent of this story from John's Gospel is to draw us into relationship with God and one another. To form a community that will carry on with the work that Jesus started. And Jesus' work isn't easy. It involves things like befriending the outcasts of society, advocating for the marginalized, feeding the hungry, speaking truth to systems that create barriers and seek to oppress others. That's the hard work that the Spirit calls us to. The reading from Acts that many of us associate with this day provides a much more public and noisy portrayal of the Holy Spirit. We hear how this mighty wind from God fills the disciples to the brim and they start speaking in languages they didn't even know they knew, leaving a crowd of people from all over the world bewildered and astonished. And for those disciples who first experienced Pentecost, I have to imagine that it was probably a really hard thing. If we're being honest, the easy response would have been for the disciples to withdraw from Jesus' commandments, to head back to their lives back in Galilee, to chalk everything up that they did with Jesus as their wild younger days. But yet, the Spirit penetrates their very being and convinces them to take on the work to which Jesus calls them. As one scholar writes, before long they're going places they have no right to go, saying things they shouldn't be saying to people they wouldn't formerly have dreamt of encountering, let alone challenging, all because of the Spirit we call holy. Today, on Pentecost, we celebrate that Spirit we call holy. We remember the creative force that changed the world at Pentecost and that is still blowing through our lives even today, empowering us to do Jesus-type work, helping us to know and to love God. In just a short while, we will baptize three children, Lucas, 
Mila, and Catherine. It will be their formal introduction into the body of Christ and a commitment to live into the baptismal covenant that awakens us to God's Spirit at work among us, to continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship, in the breaking of bread with one another, to seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving our neighbors as ourselves, and to strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being. Our commitments in baptism and the support of communities like St. Cross open us up to the work of the Holy Spirit and allow us to live into Jesus' words from this morning's Gospel. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. Who knows? Maybe the Spirit of truth will call us to yell out, Amen, when we least expect it. <laughs>